Tonight's our first lesson on this new series. We talked about the first half of the school year and a little bit of, of course, of January about continuing. Our theme is to continue. God wants us to continue. And we talked about continuing in God's word, how important it is for us to continue in God's word. But this next series, we want to look at the work of God, continuing in the work of of God, and it's so important that we continue in both. God wants us not just to to know His Word, but God wants us to uh, follow through in His work. And doing the work of God is something that God wants us to continue in our lives. So Ephesians chapter two, really foundation uh, to where to start on this series. So I want you to turn there, Ephesians chapter two, and we're going to read the first ten verses. All right, the first ten verses tonight of Ephesians chapter number 2, and we're going to go through them in a way of asking ourselves some questions, and hopefully at the end of the service, we'll be able to uh, not only understand a little bit of what the passage is saying here in Ephesians chapter 2, but then hopefully we'll be encouraged to get ready to do the work of God, and that's really what we want to do tonight. So Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. So it's like this, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among, among whom also we had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Let's pray as we get started. Father, I pray that this evening as we study your word, as we study this passage in Ephesians chapter 2, I pray first of all that your spirit would fill me tonight. Father, I pray that I would be able to share these truths in a way that would be uh, clearly communicated in a way that we can understand them. And then, Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would begin to do the work that I could never do, the work of allowing us to understand your word and be able to live it out, to apply it into our lives. I pray that tonight we would uh, stay focused uh, on what we are studying, that we would not let our mind wander tonight, but that we would be able to, by your spirit, apply your word, live it out, and Father, that we would um, believe your word tonight. So Father, I pray that you would fill me with your spirit, fill those of us that are just here worshiping through the hearing and preaching of your word, that we would understand it, and then Father, that your spirit would work in the service tonight, and I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to start in verse number 10. And we're going to ask ourselves as we read it, what the author, Paul is writing this letter, 
uh, that we know as the book of Ephesians, but it's really a letter to the church in Ephesus, and he's writing them, and I want us to sort of analyze. Let's go ahead and study tonight together what it is that Paul is to say. In verse number 10, and we're going to work our way from the end of what he's saying to the, back to the beginning. In other words, we're going to work backwards tonight, all right? We're going to start in verse number 10, our way back to verse number 1. So in verse 10, if you look in, in, in your Bibles, you'll see that it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. The thing that we learn and we must ask ourselves after reading that verse, we can ask ourselves, what is this question? What is God's desire according to that verse? What is God's desire? And God's desire is simply this, that we do good works by living them out. You'll notice there he says in verse number 10, for we are that means we are his creation. We are what he has made and formed. That's what a workmanship is. We are what he has formed. And then he says, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So he says, God's desire is that we do good works. And not only that we do good works, he says there at the end that we should walk in them. Now I said on Sunday, if you were here on the Sunday service, that the word walk doesn't really mean literally to walk like I'm walking right now. It's not what it means. It means to live out, to conduct your life in a certain way, to live a certain way. So God's desire is that we do good works, not only that we do good works, but that we live that way. In other words, don't just do good works on Sunday. Sometimes we think about being a Christian and that means we go to church on Sunday. That's a good thing to do. Going to church on Sunday is But you know that God doesn't want us just to be good on Sunday? God wants you and I to do good works on Monday. In other words, when you go to school in the morning, God still wants you to do good works. Tonight's Wednesday. Tomorrow is Thursday. As you go back to school on Thursday, God wants you to do good works. It is God's desire, according to what Paul is saying in verse number 10, he's saying, we need to do good works. That is what God's desire is. But what is the determining factor of that? In other words, um, who's good works? Does everybody have to do these good works? Is everybody called to do this good work? Who is Paul saying that needs to do these good works? Well, to understand and answer that question, now we've got to look at verse 8 and 9. Look at verse 8 and 9. Verse 8 and 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God not of works, lest any man should boast. The determining factor of who Paul is saying that we need to be doing good works, when he says, for we are his workmanship, he's talking about a certain group, we. Now, who is that we? Well, the determining factor to know if you're part of that group is this, do you have the gift? Verse 8 and 9, he's talking about a gift. Notice he says, for by grace are you saved through faith, uh, by, by grace, through faith, it is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. What is that gift? Is grace God's gift to us? You say, well, what is grace? A situation is undeserved favor. It means someone is giving you something you don't deserve. If somebody's being gracious to you, it's that 
the, what they're saying is, I'm giving you something you don't deserve. But is that the gift that God is talking about here? Well, he says what you don't get, uh, deserve, the gift is by grace. It's by grace that that gift is given to you, but that's not the gift. Grace is not the gift. It's by grace that we get this gift, but what is the gift? Well, is the gift faith? Because the verse 8 also talks about faith. He says, for by grace are ye saved through faith. So it's by grace, right? Grace is the undeserving favor. Somebody's given me this that I don't deserve, this gift. But it can't be faith because it's through faith that we get the gift. So the gift isn't grace. It's not because God is giving us something we don't deserve. That's not the gift itself. And it's not faith because it's through faith that we get the gift. So what is the gift? What is the gift that God is talking about? That gift we find in the word saved. Notice there in verse number eight, he says that it's by grace and through faith that we are saved. And he says, it's that that is the gift of God. Now, when you're talking about doing the work of God, God's desire is what tonight? That we do what? Thank you. Let's do that one more time. Good works. God's desire is that we do what? Uh, Y'all can do better than that. God's desire is that we do what? Thank you. Good works. God wants us to do good works. I know. Listen, it is hot in here. By the way, that AC was at 76. So. That is really, really hot, and I'm going to do my best to get out as quick as possible because I'm already sweating like I see some of us already are as well. I'm not the only one. So stick with me so we can get through this quick. God's desire is that we do what? Good works. Okay. And who is it that's supposed to be doing the good works? It's those that have the gift, right? But what is the gift? Salvation. Salvation. All right? So if you have have that gift then you are the one that god says i've created to do good works and by the way do good works once but to live our lives doing good works walking in them living that way doing good works day after day after day god wants us to do that wants who to do that those that have the gift what is the gift salvation but here's another interesting question What is salvation? I mean, we know it's a gift. That's what he says in verse 8 and 9. He says it's a gift. Clearly, we know it's a gift. But what is that gift itself, salvation? Well, to understand that, you've got to go a little bit further back. And we're going to look at verse 4, 5, 6, and 7. Look at 4, 5, 6, and 7. It says, God in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. Now, if you're taking notes, you want to circle that word quickened. That's a word that we don't really use today. (laughs) Quickened. Now, if you have this version, the King James Version, it was translated in 1611. And then the last update it had was sometime in the, uh, I think, late 1700s. So this has been, you know, about 200 years uh, ago that it's been updated to this English. So this is an old English word for us today. Quickened is not really a word we use, but let me tell you what the word quickened means. It doesn't mean to go quickly, right, like this. 
Well, that's not too quick, but that's about as quick as I'm moving. It doesn't move quick. All right? That's not what he's saying. He's not saying, and we have been moving quickly or fast through Christ. That's not what he's saying. The word quickened means to be made alive again. That's literally what the word means. It means to be made alive again. In other words, if you're taking notes, what is the gift itself? Salvation itself is really new life. Now look at this. Now go back to that verse. If you have it there in your Bibles, I want you to see this. But God, who is rich in mercy, all right, for his great love, because he loves us so much, he says, when we were dead in our sins, he hath made us alive again together with Christ, for by grace are ye saved. By grace you get that gift. And he says, and hath raised us up together, in verse 6, and made us to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. So Paul is saying, listen, God's desire is that we do what? Good works. Good. But who is supposed to do those good works? Those that have the what? Gift. And what is that gift? Salvation. And what is salvation? It's new life. So Paul says, we've been given new life. So now because of that new life, it was a gift that was given to us. How did we get that gift? By grace through faith. In other words, they gave it to us. God gave us new life. You didn't earn it. You couldn't work for it. It was a gift. That's where grace comes in. But every gift must be received. Now, it's probably been a while, maybe a few years for some of us here, uh, and you haven't really had a birthday party. How many of y'all like have this year for your birthday? Like you invited friends over and had actually a party. All right, a few of us. Good. At that party, when they show up, right, your friends and people, they, all, they usually bring a gift, right, and they put it on that table. Now, that gift, it's nice, it's something that's for you, but you, if you never went to the table where the gifts are, and you never pick them up and open them and take them home, then what good is that gift? It's no good, <laughs> reach its purpose. The purpose for the gift for you is so that you can accept it, so you can take it. Be yours. So it can belong to you. You see, the way that you get the gift of salvation, of new life, salvation is new life, the way you get new life is through faith. It's through faith. Now, we have another question. We've asked, what is God's desire? We answered that question. Paul said, God's desire is that we do good work. And what is the determining factor? Who is doing these good works? Well, Paul said, it's the gift. Well, what is the gift? How do I know if I have the gift? Well, the gift is salvation. It's literally new life. And you say, well, how do I know I have new life? And by the way, why do we even need new life? That's an even more important question. Why do we need new life? Well, to answer that question, we've got to go to verse 1, 2, and 3. Let's start again in verse number one, Ephesians 2. He says, and you hath he quickened. What did quicken mean? 
Thank you. To be made alive. Let's try that again. What does quicken mean? To be made alive, all right? To be made alive again, all right? Resurrected, if you will, all right? So you can read it this way. And you hath he, been, and you hath he made alive again, who dead in trespasses and sin. The reason that we need to be made alive, the reason we need the gift is because we're dead. Paul goes into what God's desire is, but before you can know God's desire, you got to know who's that desire for. It's for those that have the gift. So Paul said, let me tell you what the gift is. The gift is salvation. Well, what is salvation? It's new life, Paul says. And before you know that you can have the gift, and before you can know what that gift is, you, gotta, you need that gift. So Paul starts there. You know what you need most in life is new life. Why? Because Paul said, we're dead in trespasses and sins. Now, trespasses and sins are two different words that talk about the same thing. Trespasses, let me tell you what the difference is, because sometimes the Bible says that we're in our trespasses, and sometimes says we're in our sins, and it's talking about the same kind of thing, but really two different aspects of it. All right? Trespasses are the rules that we break. Now, there are rules in God's word that we have broken. We have trespassed those rules. Now, if you don't know what trespass means, maybe you've seen that if you've ever been in a neighborhood uh, where there's private property and there's a fence there. How many of you have seen a sign on a fence that says no trespassing? All right, good. Most of What does that mean? No trespassing. Good. You can't get on, you can't cross the fence. Don't get on this property. It's private property. You cannot get in there without permission. And by the way, if you do that, you're breaking a law. A trespass is breaking the law. It's not following the rules. Paul says, you know what? You know why we're dead? Because we don't follow the rules. We don't follow the rules. Jesus, uh, uh, the Bible says, uh, thou shalt not lie in Exodus chapter 20. So anytime you lie, you're breaking one of God's rules. Jesus says, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Anytime you don't show love for somebody else, you're breaking one of the rules. That is a trespass. And Paul says, because we have trespasses in our life, because we've broken the rules, we're dead. But not only that, he says, trespasses and sins. You know why he says sins? Because sins means something a little bit different. Sins means missing the mark. That's what it literally means, to miss the mark. Now you say, well, what is the mark? According to God, the mark is perfection. So if you're not perfect, then you're missing the mark. Like, if you can think in your mind right now, if you don't hit the bullseye, you're missing the mark. The mark is the bullseye. If you miss the bullseye, you're missing the mark. Now, this is important. Because Paul goes on to explain why we're missing the mark. Because there are some people that say, listen, I might break some rules, but they're not the major rules. Like, there's people out there that have killed people. I've never done that. So I can't be that bad. 
There's people out there that have stolen from people at some point. I've never done that. There, there are people out there that have married someone and then cheated on them. I haven't done that. I'm as bad as they are. I've not broken that bad and that many rules. So God should be okay with me. In fact, religion will tell you if you've done more good than you have bad, then God's got to let you in. God's going to give you a pass. Because after all, we haven't broken that many rules. And that's why Paul says, no, listen, it's not about just the rules that you've broken. Sins, missing the mark, has to do with who you are. One, trespasses has to do with what you do, but sins has to do with who you are. Now, I want you to notice what Paul says. He says, he's been made alive, we've been made alive again, who were first dead in what we did and because of who we are. And then he says, where in time past ye walked, and walked means to live out, right? So you can translate it like this, where in in, in, in a time in your past, you were walking and living. In other words, you were living according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of obedience. You're taking trespasses, what I do, sins, who I am because of my behavior and my birth. The Bible says in Psalm 51 that we were born in sin. You're born missing the mark. We all are. Because born mark, guess what happens? We begin to live a life of trespasses. Paul says you begin to live a life according to the course of this world. What is he talking about here in your notes? Here's what he's talking about. The course of this has to do, first of all, with your philosophy. Because we're born missing the mark, guess what? We have a wrong philosophy, and it leads to death. You see, the world has a philosophy. You need to value this and this and this, and it's all the wrong things. The world represents the wrong kind of values in our life. And Paul says, you know why we're dead? We're dead because we have the wrong philosophies in our life. We're born missing the mark, and so because we're missing the mark, we have the wrong kind of philosophy in our life. We value the wrong things. We care about the we, we, uh, we think about the wrong things because if that's all about what the world's philosophy is. The philosophy might teach you he who, wins with, who, he who dies with the most toys wins. In other words, hey, get in this life, have one life, make as much as you can, then you'll be happy. But you know, that's a wrong philosophy. Jesus said, what does it really profit you if you gain the whole world but you lose your own soul? That it doesn't profit you anything. You see, it's a wrong philosophy. You're valuing the wrong thing. And then he says, because you're dead, not only do you value the wrong, but you have a wrong psychology. Now, psychology is a study of why you behave a certain way. Philosophy is what you're behaving, what you're thinking, what you're valuing. Psychology has to do with why you important and really paul says the psychology that you have comes from the prince of the power of this air and let me tell you something we know him not as the prince of the air we don't usually call him that we call him the devil the bible says satan the great deceiver 
the great liar. The reason we value the wrong things in life, the reason we have a wrong philosophy is because we have a wrong thinking that comes from the devil's lies to us. We begin to believe that that's what's important, that that's what's good. And the devil begins to lie to you in your mind. And because we're missing the mark and we're born that way, we begin to start thinking, well, that's what it's all about. And you get the wrong kind of thought patterns in your life. Maybe God isn't as good as they say. If he was, why am I the way I am? How come I don't have How come I don't have that money? How come I don't have those things? God's just not as good as they say. God's just not as strong as they say. If God is so powerful, why am I dealing with this sickness? If God is so powerful and so good, why do bad things happen? And you see, the devil begins to paint in our minds all kinds of lies like he did for Eve and for Adam. That's exactly what the devil did. You see, they took of the fruit, but why did they take of the fruit? Because of the lie that the devil told them. If you eat it, you'll be just like God. Don't you want to be great like God? Hey, God can't take care of you. You can take care of you. All you need is to have a little bit of knowledge. Knowledge of good and evil. Eat of this. See, the philosophy was, man, this apple looks really good, or whatever it is. This fruit looks really good. So they begin to value this fruit. And then Eve started thinking, man, if I value it, it's because I'm thinking if I take this, I'll be like God. Do you see the philosophy and then the psychology behind it? Because we're dead in trespasses and sins, because we're born missing the mark, we have wrong values in our life and we have wrong thinking in our life. But it doesn't stop there. You see, the third thing that happens is it goes into your performance. Notice what Paul says in verse number three. Among whom also we all had our conversation, that means our lifestyle, in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Paul says, you see, by nature, since we're born this way, by the word, that word nature means to come from. Just like by nature I am the son of Noe and Annette Mendoza, that's by nature I'm, I'm, their, I'm, I'm their child. By nature we begin, because we're missing the mark, we begin doing things that are wrong. We value the wrong things. We have the wrong idea as to why we think this is important. But since those two things are wrong, then we start living wrong. We start living after the desires of the flesh. Galatians chapter 5 says in verse 19 that the works of the flesh are adultery and idolatry and drunkenness and jealousy and envy and all kinds of things that come because we're just doing because I want to. It's what makes me happy. Paul said, because of that, you're dead. Those are the things that lead to death. So what do we do? If I'm born in trespasses and sins, if I'm bad in my behavior and bad at my birth, what do I need? If I'm born dead, what do I need? That's why Paul says you need new life. You see, God, because he's rich in mercy, because he loves you, not because you, you, you deserve it, but because he just loves you, 
then God has new life. And not only does he wants to give that life to you as a gift, we call it salvation. And once you receive that gift, now you're one of those that can do good works. You see, if you're going to continue in God's work tonight, it all starts right there with new life. John chapter 36 says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, but he that believeth not, the wrath of God abideth on him forever. So the final question tonight isn't what is God's desire, because we know it's to do good works. It's not who's supposed to do that, because we know it's those that have the gift. It's not a, what is the gift. We know that the gift is salvation. We know that's new life. Why do we need new life? Because we're born dead. So the final question tonight, it's a very simple question, and it's this. Have you accepted this gift? You know, you don't get this gift just because you come to youth on a Wednesday night. You don't get this gift just because you go to church. You don't get this gift just because you have a Bible in their house. That's not how you get the gift. The Bible says we receive that gift by faith. Faith. Faith literally believing. When you believe on Jesus, when you believe that Jesus came to this earth to die for your sins, when you believe that truth and you believe that you can ask him to forgive you and he'll forgive you, then you receive that gift. You see, it's really simple. It's understanding, God, I'm dead. And God, you have new life. And that new life comes through only Jesus Christ. So God, would you, would you give me that new life? I believe that Jesus for my sins so that I might have new life. God, will you give me that new life? The Bible says when you believe that by faith, then God's grace gives you salvation. This evening, have you accepted that gift? if you're ever going to do what God desires in your life.